Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Every day, it's our desire to challenge the way you think about your faith at work right here on the I Work For Him show. And today, today, eat your heart outs. Everybody out there that's a fisherman is going to be jealous and envious of our guest today because this guy gets to go fishing for Jesus each and every day. That's right. We've got Blake Smith, Bass Pro Fisherman and Fellowship of Christian Athlete Speaker, joining us on the show today. Blake Smith, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be on the show. Well, we're glad to have you. And, and as I said, there are lots of people out there that know how to fish, not like me, although I'm willing to let you take me out sometime <laughs> if you'd like to do that. Uh, because I've got friends that own boats that fish in the intercoastal because I won't go 75 miles out and I live near the beach. But they never take me out in their boats. And if they're listening today, they should feel guilty. Oh, I, they should. Because fishing in Florida, you know, what you guys throw back. Those are big fish in Minnesota. Down here, you know, they, they throw away three, four, five pound fish because that's a small little whatever it is. You know, Minnesota, if you got a one pound, you know, if you got an 18 ounce or a pound and a half walleye, that was a pretty good fish. So anyway, you're but you're a bass fisherman and, and you that's such a gift because it means you have a really cool boat and it goes really, really fast. That I learned. That's all I know is that I had a brother-in-law that had really fast boat. <laughs> bass boat and i knew it could do 60 miles an hour like that's crazy because you know yeah. boats you know they're they're crazy speeds does yours go 60 miles an hour 
It actually does about 75. <laughs> so 75 is great until you hit somebody else's wake. Have you ever gone yeah. Have you ever gone airborne? Oh, absolutely. There's <laughs> some, um, hey, supposedly had some footage on uh, NBC Sports of, of me not only taking some air, but also steering a wave and going under a wave with it, which was which was pretty terrifying, but at the same time, it's uh, it's the nature of the beast. We, I mean, we're all going really fast. And we're all competing for certain spots and trying to get there quick so we can increase our efficient time and, and the time that's allotted to us throughout the day. And, you know, going fast is one of the necessities of the career. Oh, it's, 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 and you sound so disappointed. Going fast is one of the necessities. It's just something we got to live with. Now, I have speared <laughs> waves with my wave runners, and, and at 50 miles an hour going through a wave, it, it is a mind-numbing experience, not to mention a lung-cleansing experience. It, it's, uh, I'd rather do it with fresh water, but, you know, I, I've done it more with uh, salt water. Hey, I had a verse for today, and I really wanted to just, there's so many different things that you're doing, but the fellowship of Christian athletes has four key verses, and they go along with their four key principles. Integrity. It says in Proverbs eleven thirteen, we will demonstrate Christ-like wholeness privately and publicly. Serving. We'll model Jesus's example of serving. John thirteen one through seventeen. Teamwork. We will express our unity in Christ in all of our relationships. From Philippians two one through four. And excellence. We will honor and glorify God in all we do. Colossians three twenty three and twenty four. Which is, do you work heartily? as to the Lord, for it is the Lord Christ you serve. No matter what you do, do your work heartily. All right, so right. so Blake, as we're talking today about your career, which you have the opportunity to be a, a really public witness for Christ each and every day. You're in front of crowds, you're on the internet, you're all over the internet. You get on TV occasionally, or maybe it's more than occasionally. You've got, you've got a very public exposure. What I want to talk first about, just go a little transparent with me. How is Christ making an impact on your life today? Oh, absolutely every day. I mean, my wife and I, uh, for six months out of the year, this is it. I mean, we, we do not have any other income coming in. We do not have uh, any outside sources besides Christ. I mean, we literally focus on Him and rely on Him for every single little detail of life. And, uh, you know, so how does He make a difference in my life? You know, by keeping us going, by keeping our ministry alive, keeping the hope and, 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 and faith that what we're doing every single day for the cause is 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 paying off. I mean, it's we we rely on him for everything. And right now, you're on your way to a fishing tournament. We are. Yeah, I'm heading right now to uh, Lake Chickamauga. It's um, in Dayton, Tennessee, and then we were at, we'll be actually on the road for a whole month and we go from there over to La Plata, Maryland for the Potomac River and to try and finish out the season you know with the last two tournaments it, Lake Chickamauga that's the one right along is that right, the one right along uh, 24 right after you come out of Chattanooga yes Tennessee River yes sir it is yeah yeah there's always a lot of fast boats in that as you're as that's the main thoroughfare coming back from Minnesota to Florida and I've driven that thing 75 or 100 probably 100 plus times uh, there's always on weekends there's so much traffic on that river it is oh, amazing yeah. And people going really fast, which is, again, like you said, that's just something you have to do. So, and you're a guy, Absolutely. so and I'm sure you really regret that you have to drive 75 miles an hour. All <laughs> no, right. if I could go 85 miles an hour, I would do it. Well, you could add a couple of more motors, couldn't you? Uh, no, there's limitations. They make sure that all the pros have some of the same uh, same size, same style, same uh, you know output on the engine. Just oh. so there's not really an unfair advantage. Now, you can't come into the pros with 100 horse motors. You have to have a... Uh, a lot more, uh, a lot, a, a larger, more powerful motor just to be able to keep up because 
sometimes you got to think of too. If you have a whole crowd of people going 75 miles an hour and you're going 35, 45, or even 55, it can be actually very dangerous. So you want to be able to keep up the crowd. I'm sure. So how many horsepower, or how, well, like what CC, you know, is it a 500 horsepower motor? Is it a 400? I mean, how many horsepower do you got? I have, I have a 250. It's a 250 show, which is the largest that a pro is allowed to run. Um, you know, engines obviously go up over 300 on some of the bigger, you know, yeah, the bigger outboards, some of the deep sea boats, things like that. I think Yamaha, Mercury, all of them have like a 300 model boat, but we are allowed to go up to 250, so that's, that's where we kind of cap it off. So why don't you give a, a thank thanks out there to your sponsors, people that help you uh, fish for Christ each and every day. You know, biggest is FCA. Um, Fellowship Christian Athletes keeps us on the road, you know, by helping us with the uh, uh, the opportunity. More than financially, it's the opportunity to get to speak. You know, the ability to get into schools, businesses, organizations, things like that, get to share the, you know, share the love of Christ with all these people. So um, first and foremost, we got to, you know, FCA, because they definitely do help provide you know, the list, I have about 18 sponsors, and I'd love to thank them all. Um, well, go ahead. That's the, uh, well, oh, I don't know. even know that I could name them all. <laughs> so, uh, But, you know, probably Ranger Boats, Yamaha, uh, Power Pole, definitely, because that's out of Tampa. Halo Rod uh, is a great company, a, a Christian organization that I represent. And I, I really, really love them. Uh, you know, Bass Pro Shops. Uh, I'm a Bass Pro pro, so you know, Bass Pro National is, is a big supporter of us. Uh, Arthur Guys, Tail and Toad. Uh, let's see. There's boat <laughs> bait companies galore. I can't even name them all, uh, but uh, there's there's definitely a ton of. Them. All right. So you grew? Did you grow up here in Central Florida? I did. I okay. Did. So you grew uh, up in Polk County. Yes, sir. So. Uh, there's so many things I'd want to go down that route, but I'm going to be really nice today because you know, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> and, and I've only lived down here 12 years, but you know the funkiest stories about Florida always come from Polk they County. always come from Polk County. How do you think Sheriff JD Grud or yeah Grady Judd, sorry JD, Grady Judd, becomes just as famous as Sheriff Joe Arapayo out of Arizona? Both yeah, of them really. work in the funkiest counties in America. All right, so. But you ended up knowing Christ. I mean, how did you get to know Christ? I mean, how was Christ introduced into your life? You know what? I became a Christian very young. Uh, I was blessed. I, I want to say blessed. I was blessed that in the fact that my parents, and you'll never hear this before, I was blessed in the fact that my parents divorced when I was a very young age. Uh, not divorced. I'm not a. I'm not an advocate of it by no means. But what happened in the process of that is I moved in with my grandmother, and so my grandmother, uh, every day, she would get up, and I would get up with her between 5 and 6 o'clock, have a cup of coffee, uh, and just study the Word. And it was due to my grandma that my, my love of Christ became apparent at a very young age, decided to kind of, uh, you know, that I would live a life according to His purpose uh, from, you know, from very, very young age. I was baptized early, but I really didn't, didn't hit that call for Christ until I was probably in my teens, and really went sold out, and... You know, just like anybody, it's, uh, my my upbringing is, is, was the crucial part, the crucial key, and, and I have to give that to my grandparents because they kept me where I was supposed to be and kept me grounded and kept me, uh, you know, serving Christ even at a young age. Well, and it's your grandma that got me in touch with you because your grandmother's friends with my sister-in-law, Diana, and they're in a Bible study together at church. And so your grandma's still your number one advocate getting you radio shows. I mean, it it just... is. I didn't think about that, my grandma. It's because of your grandma. So say thanks to grandma right now because you need to do that. Thanks, grandma. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all that you do. I love you and 
you are just a precious woman. All right, I'll send you the link later into your email. You can forward it on to Grandma <laughs> so she can listen to that and you can get credit for it. It's good. All good right, deal, so who deal. taught you how to be a bass fisherman? Because you can fish for just about anything, but fishing for bass is a different deal. First of all, you got to play in the weeds, which whenever I play in the weeds, I always lose my lure, have to cut my line, I get tangled up, it gets sucked under a rock. But that's your world. <laughs> when you're fishing for bass, you got to fish near all the structure. That's all I yeah. know. I just said everything Absolutely. I knew about fishing right there. And so, it, and it was, that was it. It took 20 seconds. So, who taught you how? Who taught you to well, fish? You know what? And here's the thing. Being from Polk County, I was raised around the water. Sure. But They're all 10-foot deep lakes everywhere in Polk County. Yeah, everywhere. It's all shallow. But by trade, I'm actually a saltwater fisherman. And uh, I always fished backcountry. Back, you know, my dad was a captain growing up. And all of my influence at a younger age, um, people in my life were people of the water. So, you know, I grew up fishing shallow, fishing for snook, fishing for redfish, but also spending every waking moment fishing for bass as well. And, uh, I was very blessed at a young age to catch two IGFA world records. They weren't huge fish, light line, but they were chilled, you know, a, a youth angler world record. And it really kind of catapulted me from a young age. But, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of my upbringing in fishing was I was always around it. You know, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, uh, my dad, my, my uncles, everybody fished. And so it was, it was a connection that we had as, as men in the Smith side of my family to really, um, to kind of bond through fishing. All right, so you're on the radio, and you know it's an interview going out to people all over Tampa Bay, all over Florida, and eventually all over the world. We got li- we got listeners that download podcasts in ten communist countries. So give out wow. just a few, just give out a few tips on how to catch the best bass. You know what? Here's what I get a lot asked a lot of times. Uh, you know, what is the best bait, or what is you know, Blake? What do you think that if I was to go fishing tomorrow, what do you think the best bait is? And I always ask people. You know, what is your favorite bait? They'll always tell me, hey, it's a stinko, or, oh, it's topwater, or it's a spinnerbait, or, uh, you know, Ron, a buzzbait. My buddy Ron always likes to throw buzzbait. Um, what I tell people is this. You are going to catch the most fish on whatever bait that you feel the most comfortable to grow. You know, the difference is between a pro and somebody else's. A pro will take one bait and pick it apart. They'll find out what makes that bait work. They'll find out how to make it work in every situation. So, Finding out a couple baits and getting really good at a couple baits, no matter what it is. And being in Florida, a soft plastic worm, whether it's a Cinco-style worm or uh, just a culprit 10-inch worm, finding different ways to fish one bait is going to help you be more successful because, obviously, the longer your, your bait's in the water, you're going to catch more fish. So um, I think the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they try too many baits, and uh, there's plenty of options to do that with all the expensive baits and everything that are on the market today. You see, what I can't get over, and again, I grew up in Minnesota, there's 10,000 lakes, 20,000 ponds, and then a whole bunch of swamps, which is what looks like most of the lakes in Central Florida. That's what we called swamps in Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Well, really, 10-foot deep lakes that are mucky at the bottom and surrounded by blech, that's what we call them in Minnesota. But here, they're amazing because they're so full of all kinds of incredible creatures like alligators and snakes and spiders and you know, and, and fish. And it's amazing how every little pond all over Florida has got fish in it and alligators and snakes. Yeah, you ever throwing a bait out there to catch a fish and caught something you didn't want to catch? Oh, every day. Yeah, I no, mean, I mean like catch- alligators and snakes and things like that. Oh, yeah. We've caught, I've caught my fair share of everything. And obviously in alligators, being in Central Florida, you've got to figure at certain times of the year, like spring, when we start topwater fishing a lot more, using frogs, using buzzbaits, using things that make a lot of ruckus on the top, that you're going to have alligators come and eat them. I mean, 
I had one the other day. We were actually fishing Ufalos in uh, the south part of Alabama fishing a tournament. And I threw out a frog, and I was using a, um, uh, a, a ag crasher is what they call them. I threw it out. I, all of a sudden, I saw a, an alligator just pop up and start working his way to the bait. So I started reeling it in as fast as I can, and about a four-pounder came up. Four-pound bass came up and ate it while I was trying to get it away from the alligator. So, you know, sometimes um, <laughs> you, know, you get to see them, and sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Well, and the, you just got to take the good with the bad. And the alligator didn't come and eat your bass either? I mean, that was you got, you, you got it to the boat in time, huh? Right. Yeah. Well, nice. most of the time the bass goes down, and once the alligators go underwater, they really can't see. So, oh, okay. Um, all right, we're talking today with Blake Smith, Bass Pro Fisherman and Fellowship of Christian Athletes speaker, talking about how his life is all about fishing, fishing for bass and fishing for men. Blake, as we talk about your skill set, you're not just a professional fisherman. You're a licensed Coast Guard charter captain, a licensed insurance professional, which that one kind of threw me for a loop, a licensed financial <laughs> advisor. Are you an overachiever much? I mean, wh- how, wh- why all these different <laughs> pursuits? Well, what, which one's your favorite? You know what? Uh, definitely the fishing is, is my favorite by far because I spend the most energy and the most time, but um, also platform. And, you know, the largest majority of my year is spent fishing and, and doing all things related to because um, as a professional, you, you spend a lot of time marketing. You spend a lot of time speaking, a lot of time doing interviews or doing uh, different types of marketing for the following year. So it's a, it's a job that really is never done. Um, you know, insurance has always been one of those things. Insurance and investing has been one of those things I've always been able to do in uh, along with fishing. It, it's a job that kind of goes with it. But the majority of them, if you kind of look at the, uh, the, the rule of thumb there, is people. You know, the, for me, the biggest thing is, you know, in the two greatest commandments is, is to love the Lord your God and then love people as well. You know, love your neighbor as yourself. And for me, having the influence on people and having the ability to talk to people, I was I was blessed to be born a, a people person. So having the ability to become involved in people's lives, whether it be through their insurance or, or through the fishing and, and the world that that brings about, um, you know, that's that's what makes me me. And, you know, so I've been very blessed to have that. Overachiever? I don't think so. Oh, really? So yeah. Okay. Trying over to make it. myself <laughs> in touch with people. That's been the key. And provide for your family. All right. When we, come, when we come back after the bottom of the half hour, I really want to get into how you're using all of these fishing skills to catch men for Christ. But it's time now for our book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. The book today that I'm highlighting is Halftime. And you're going to go, Jim, again? That's because there's still about 10,000 people in Tampa Bay that need to get a copy of this. If you're a Christ follower, you're 30 to 55. You need to read this book. It is absolutely a necessity as you evaluate pursuing a life of significance along with your success. Call into the studio line right now and get a copy of this book, 855-265-2929, And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie, but Ivan doesn't have time to play the music today. Insurance found online at mostins.com. For auto, home, life, and small business insurance, these guys are the best. Check them out and make sure you tell them that Jim sent you. And also thanks to Luke Andrews and Dave Cruz and Randy Pattison with Bel Air Wealth Management, found online at belairwealthmanagement.com. These guys have an eternal perspective that they bring to 
two-year plan. They're Christ-following wealth advisors. Check them out online at BelairWealthManagement.com. Today we're talking, we have the huge privilege of talking with a local Polk County native who's also a Bass Pro fisherman and a fellowship of Christian Athletes speaker. He gets to drive 75 miles an hour across the water, catch fish, alligators, and other things. His name is Blake Smith. Blake Smith, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, it's been it's so much fun. I, I, I want to turn the tide on all of this. Let's just ask you a couple of questions. You're, you're pretty busy. As we said before the break, you're a licensed Coast Guard charter captain, a licensed insurance professional, a licensed financial advisor. How do you balance all of that and fish over six months? Of the, I'm sure you fish 12 months a year, but professionally fish six months a year and and keep your ministry to your wife and your two children in balance. How do you how do you manage all that? You know, the, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, all of those careers, all those jobs are um, self-employed jobs. They're all jobs that require, you know, don't require me going to an office, don't require uh, being away from my family necessarily. And, and you know, and, and the bass fishing and saltwater fishing used to. Uh, unfortunately, it did take me away from my family a lot more more times than I, I liked. But for the most part, my family traveled with me. My family, are at, my ministry to my family is a 24-7 thing. And, uh, you know, for my, my daughters, if I have two little girls and my wife to constantly see that, uh, my wife uses the, the reckless abandonment word, uh, you know, that we are recklessly abandoned towards Christ and that everything that we do as a family, everything I do as a dad or a husband reflects the love of Christ. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I try and keep priorities in check when it comes to that, you know, keep family, uh, family first and then fishing and everything else after that very very well said well said and i'll put the challenge out to you that i do to every man who's raising daughters just keep in mind that your interaction with your daughters you are setting the standard for their future husbands you're telling them and showing them and how you treat your wife you're showing them what it means to have a husband take care of them and and it's you're setting that standard everything they know about what it means to marry a man comes from how they watch you interact with your wife so set that standard high and make sure you take a picture of you shining your shotgun and give it to the kid when he comes to your house that first time when they're 16 or 17 all right so there's there's so many different ways you can tie fishing to evangelism and you so i'm just gonna talk about this you talked about when you're people that want to fish for bass and they try a million different baits and they got to just nail on one but you have an opportunity to speak to groups all the time on behalf of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You said before that they get you into high schools, they get you in front of youth groups, they get you in front of all the kinds of opportunities to get in front of kids, and you have to change your bait based on your audience. I mean, you, you, as, you're, as you're fishing in the audience, you have to adjust who you're speaking to, and you also have to perfect your cast, your speech, it, it, but, and you're waiting for that bait to be swallowed so you can reel them in. How do you apply fishing to all of your speaking? And I did all that. That's all I know about fishing. Again, that was 20 seconds. Um, all how do you apply your fishing to your to your sharing your faith in Christ in these Fellowship of Christian Athletes events? You know what? Just like um, just like fishing and fishing, you use uh, the most attractive lures, the most attractive rods, reels, boats, and things like that, and that does it, it attracts people in. But when it comes to uh, getting to speak, you know the the fragrance or the aroma of Christ speaks for itself. So what we try and do, my wife and I, in our ministry, is we live every second like it's our last and you know what we do is uh tell that story you know i and i'm sure we'll talk about it in a little while but uh, I, i've been i've been blessed 
to have a very bad heart problem. Uh, and I say very bad. I actually have sudden death syndrome. So uh, what we do is when we're in schools and, and churches and, and businesses, things like that, we get to talk about fishing. But, you know, in, in the meantime, we get to talk about what it's like to truly live every second relying on Christ because you never know when it's your last. And uh, we've been very, very, I say I've been very, very blessed to uh, to have that thorn in the flesh, as, as Paul talked about. And uh, because of it, we're able to, to utilize the gift of fishing to get close to people in that realm, such a big industry in the world, and then uh, let them see Christ working through us. So where do you see you reeling in more people for Christ in the, in the, in the fishing events or in the speaking events? I mean, where do you, you, you get opportunity to do direct interaction in both, in both genres. Which one is the most powerful for you? You know what? I, I would have to say in the aspect of fishing, it's a big business. I mean, it's a, a, an overall huge um, platform. You know, every time we're on television, it's 550, 570 million people. You're talking about half a billion people get to watch us on TV. So living like Christ, you know, living that um, that attitude, living that um, lifestyle and letting them see it, letting half the world see it, that's, that means that touches people. But you know what? Most of our relationships um, build uh, through the one-on-one communication, you know, building a relationship. Somebody comes up to me to talk about, hey, what about this bait or what about this or like, tell me about your tournament. How was your tournament? Or how was uh, going to check out this lake or check out that lake? And helping us to build rapport with them, but also being able to, to get close to people. Uh, you know, I'm getting to speak on Wednesday night to all the pros in the FLW circuit, which is what I fish. Um, and, you know, that is a, a situation where I get to get down and personal with every one of them. You know, I get to talk to them on a, on a cellular level and, and get to be close with them. And because of that, they get to see Christ working through us and help build that and through that relationship with them because that's all we do and that's what it's about is loving on people and helping them see Christ's love through us. Now do you get a chance when you're speaking in front of these professional fishermen to actually share your testimony or do they limit what you can share? No, no, absolutely. I will be uh, I will be dropping a testimony on them Wednesday night. I promise you that. But uh, we're not limited. And the good thing is this. There are in professional sports there are a lot of Christians. You just don't realize it. And what we're wanting to do, my goal, um, and what I feel maybe not even my goal, but I feel like one true purpose that we have of being at the professional level at this particular point in time in our life is to try and ignite that, you know, to try and ignite that passion for Christ, ignite that love for others amongst the tour and some people outside the tour to, to really start a fire, maybe even a revival inside professional fishing. Well, when you just said what you said, you know, there's a lot of Christians in professional fishing, but people just don't know it. That's why we have the I Work For Him radio program, because people haven't been taught that everything about their faith applies to everything about their lives and that every if they meet Jesus Christ, everything about them should be changing. When you look at the New Testament, anybody who had an interaction with Jesus, their lives were never the same. And yet we haven't been told, we haven't been encouraged to allow it to impact all of our lives. We've been told the segment, and certainly as men, we're very good at compartmentalizing our faith from the things that we do each and every day. Yet you live in the nature 
all day long. You see the incredibleness of what God's created. You're going to fish in the foothills of the mountains outside of Chattanooga this weekend. How fantastic is that? Those are just some fun little mountains. You get to see the nature that God created, and it gives a great segue all the time. But I applaud you in encouraging those people. They just need to know that their job fishing professionally is just important as the job of the pastor who preaches on Sunday. In fact, in professional fishing tournaments, you guys, you, Blake, have more opportunity to touch non-Christians or pre-Christians, as I like to call them, than the pastor most of the time. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a huge industry, uh, whether it's freshwater, saltwater, overseas. You know, there are certain pathways to countries overseas that, that can only happen through fishing. You know, like, let's talk about China, for that matter. You've got people that, you know, are, it's such a closed country, but then you have billboards all through China of professional fishermen. I mean, they idolize professional fishermen, and these guys, they want to know every single thing that makes them successful. And what if it is, not even what if it is, what about those anglers that Christ is the one that makes them successful? And they're getting to see that firsthand, because that's the best bait you could possibly use. That's fantastic. I love the way you lead with that. So when how how did you get this connection with the Fellowship of Christian Athlete, Athletes? Did you participate in high school and then it went from there? How did you get this connection and this ability to go out and speak and, and talk to kids? You know what? The cool thing is, is actually all the way back to middle school. You know, when, when my parents got divorced when I was younger, I, you know, I, I tried, I searched that a lot. And uh, FCA was one of those clubs during school that I was able to, to kind of dig my time into and dig my hands into and, and make a difference, what I felt like make a difference. And I was actually the president of my FCA in middle school for a couple of years before going to the high school level and then became an ambassador for sport through FCA in high school. And, and it was awesome. And because of that, it built relationships. Well, those relationships just happened to turn into contact in the the, the big people world, we'll call it that, um, you know, to, to continue a ministry while being involved with F, uh, being involved with SDA uh, at, a, at a cellular level at, at the high school and the middle school and in the college and in all those particular areas, uh, and we've been very very blessed to be to be linked up with SDA. Talk about some of the coolest things that have happened as being part of FCA. Talk, talk about just maybe just pick one time where you just had an incredible experience in Christ because of your involvement with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Oh, here's one, um, and, and I'm sure you'll listen to the radio show when I repost it. But um, I met a kid name Trevor Brown and awesome kid you know uh, I love him to death I've established quite a relationship with him got an email from his mom um, it's been six eight months ago now I guess it's been over that now sent me an email said hey I do a lot of things that embarrass my kids and this is one of them but my kid loves you and she said he, she said, he, he follows you and, and wants to know what you're doing on social media and everything else and I would love to have y'all link up and just talk if possible she said I know you have a busy schedule but I, anytime I get an opportunity like that, I try and take it. So I said, yeah, give me a cell phone number. I called him, come to find out this kid, before I even knew, was part of the FCA. And I've spoke to his high school. He's the president of his FCA, speaks on behalf of his FCA. And here's the crazy part. He's on the fishing team and has the exact same art problem that I have. So, wow. Yeah. So you want to talk about crazy, how you know how, how God links us together in all this, this craziness. But for him to have not only the same interest as, as I do, but also to have some of the same genetic formation that, that I have. That's a very, very rare issue. And, uh, you know, and, and all of that, and I've been to speak at this high school, Beulah High School in Beulah, Alabama, 
And, um, you know, and things like that, I feel like that, uh, that Christ's work is such a smallest, in the smallest little detail, uh, that just blow me away. Yeah, that, that's, but God never wastes an experience in our lives, and those kinds of quote unquote coincidences are so obviously God incidences. I mean, there's just no way you could put that together. And for to see God's hand knit that and weave that tapestry together to make that work, that's just fantastic. So cool. So cool. And I'm still getting over the fact you said they had a fishing team in high school. Because, you know, in Minnesota, we should have had an ice fishing team, but we didn't. I mean, come on. That's <laughs> that's pretty incredible. We couldn't have a fishing team because the water was frozen until school got out in June anyway. But, okay, so talk to me about this heart condition. Because I, I read online, I was watching a video online about your heart condition, and it could have cost you your life. And it, like you said, it could cost you your life any time. And with that in mind, does your wife let you drive? I'm driving right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So talk about this heart condition and, and how did they find out about it and, and, and how did it almost cost you your life? You know what? I, I've been having some issues a, a couple years back and, and I've known I've had some type of heart issues since I was little, but not not to the extent of what what it's kind of come to. Um, you know, I went had some issues, went and got some testing and, and I actually got a call. Um, my wife and I both got a call. It was a three-way call from uh, Dr. Kevin Brown out in Lakeland, Florida, and he called me and says, hey, Blake, I'm sitting here with a panel of doctors, and we're looking at your testing, and out of all of us, it's unanimous. We, do not, we don't know how you're still alive. And for me, it kind of blew me away. You know, first of all, I was like, whoa, what do you mean? He said, well, if there was a, ri- a list of people at risk for sudden death in the United States, he said, you'd be number one. You'd be at the top of that list. Because your, your heart is about four times the size that it's supposed to be, and it's too strong, too fast, too thick. And he said, it's just, it's too big. And I said, okay, uh, what do I do? He said, well, you can go rent a bunch of movies and just lay down and um, come see me on Tuesday because we're going to be doing surgery. We're going to be implanting a, a cardiac, uh, an ICD. Uh, what I have is uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Um, you know, the, the septum of my heart is too thick, which kind of cuts it off. It kind of like putting your heart in a chokehold it, it chokes your heart off and so i went in on tuesday and sat with the doctor and before the surgery he came in and he met with megan and i said hey um i don't usually come up and meet with my my patients before this i do surgery and then i meet with the master but the reason i meet with you today is because of the thickness of your heart there's a, a very good possibility that you're not going to walk out of and my <laughs> wife and i immediately yeah you want to talk about get you a little bit nervous is I'm, la- I'm sitting there, you know, holding Megan's hand, and, and we're thinking that this is it. This, this could very, very possibly be it. He said, you know, it's, it's a 50-50 chance whether we'll get your heart started back up or not. Um, he said, I've never lost a patient, 10,000 patients. He said, but I've never worked on one as bad as yours. So um, immediately, uh, you know, all causes of concern go up. And they don't do the surgery, but then again, you have sudden death syndrome, and your chances of survival are so slim that you know, it, it's a it's a lose lose is what you feel like. So I remember going to um, going getting pushed into the the operating room that day, and um, I you run out of things to talk to God about. And <laughs> okay, because <laughs> and I say that you run out of things to talk about because you're like, wow, what what is going on? And and what went through my mind and, and why I say it's a blessing is because it was at that point I realized that when I closed my eyes, that when I woke up there was going to be one of two people standing by my side, and that was either my, my wife, Megan, or it was going to be Jesus himself. 
And it's at that point you realize that you say life is so precious and that every second is such a such a gem, such a blessing that we're given. Because they were living a life that's not even our own to begin with. So to know that if I woke, when I woke up, I was going to be in the arms of my wife or the arms of my Savior, and, and it was ratifying. It was, it was absolutely an amazing feeling, and I feel like that that's why I can say that it's a blessing to go through every minute of what I've been through. You know, I so much appreciate you sharing the, the, just the transparency and how really God kind of laid your life out. I, I talk, you heard me uh, talk about the book Halftime and how people really have to deal in midlife of chasing after success versus chasing after significance. But you got early on that paradigm shift brought to you because your life was made very clear right away. Hey, pursue a life of significance because you don't know how much time you have left. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's what's crazy is, is thinking about the concept of living a life that's not ours and, you know, and using that life to give him the glory, serve him in everything that we do and um, and, and try and share that love with everybody else. Yeah, but the great news is Megan gets to go around telling all of her friends, "I've got the husband. I've got a husband with the biggest heart in America." <laughs> you know what? I've tried playing that card on her so many times, and it really doesn't even work anymore. It so, doesn't. Uh... It doesn't. <laughs> it just went out in front of thousands of people. So I did tell Megan that she lost that one. I, thought, I was thinking about that. I know that's corny, but I thought, wow, well, that would be great if my wife would say that about me. All right. So, <laughs> what did the doctors say to you? So, that, so you obviously you wake back up from the surgery. It was Megan. It was in Jesus and and they said Blake we want you to reconsider your career because you hang out in faraway places that are as about as remote as they can be from anywhere that can give you medical attention you need to change your careers did they say that to you absolutely not absolutely not well, you know in, in all actuality um, at a younger age I my original goal was to be a missionary and you know I, I served in Africa a couple times South America Europe you know, and, and I really, really thought that's where God would have me. But come to find out, the, the medical attention is not um, as intense overseas as it is here. So luckily for us, that most of the, the big tournaments that we have are in big um, metropolitan areas, things like that. So there are a lot of places that if I ever did need to seek uh, you know, medical advice, I could have it. But, uh, you know, overall, they told me to just keep living life, keep doing what I'm doing. And, and um, as things became a necessity, then we would get them fixed. Now, but on May 11th, when we tried to do the show the first time, keep in mind that cell phone service, I'm not sure you could have dialed 911 where you were for that tournament then. So, all right, so talk to me about how people can find out more about Blake Smith. I know I found a Facebook page. So so how do they they just search for your name on Facebook, Blake Smith? You can. You know, almost every large social media outlet is going to have something about it, whether it is uh, Blake Smith Fishing or uh, Cap Blake Smith, C-A-P-T-B-L-A-K-E-S-M-I-T-H, or they can just go to blakesmith.fish, which is my website. But um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, even Pinterest. I think my wife has set up a Pinterest account for me, which I don't know even know how to get on there. Or what it is, but, <laughs> That's not a man uh, place. Men are not allowed no, on Pinterest. No, you know what? It is what it is. But I don't even know how you get on there anymore. But, uh, but yeah, uh, any of your Facebooks or pages or anything like that, you're going to find uh, something about this. Or go to FLW. Uh, outdoors.com that is the tour I fish it's the FLW tour uh, Walmart FLW tour and um, we're all over the United States like I said we're going to be heading to Chickamauga Tennessee this week and then we go from there to La Plata Maryland in two weeks so uh, there's plenty of places people can catch us in person all right, so Blake Smith Fishing, type of that, that into Blake Smith Fishing into Facebook. That gets you one place. But I love this, blakesmith.fish. When did they come up with a dot .fish? You know what? They came up with that just for me. I'd love to say that, but I, I don't know that that's true. 
my my web guy, Angler Hub, they told me that, uh, that hey, this is something brand new. It just started today. Would you like to change the website to BlakeSmith.fish? I'm like, are you kidding me? To have my name and fish in the same sentence? I said, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> That's pretty Blake fantastic. <laughs> BlakeSmith.fish. <laughs> well, Blake, I so much appreciate you giving us time today, sharing your testimony, sharing how Christ is using you, sharing how you're using fishing, not only to have a good time, but also to reach people for Christ, being a living testimony, being out there encouraging other Christians in the professional fishing world. You're driving. You've been driving 75 miles an hour or less, I'm hoping, on, on I-75. Thank you for your time. Thank your wife, Megan, and the girls for behaving so well in the in in the truck. You got a truck, a suburban. What are you hauling your bass boat with today? We do. Uh, you know, Bartow Ford uh, in Lakeland or in Bartow, Florida, gives us a vehicle to use every tournament. We are so blessed to have that relationship with him. And uh, so we were actually in a, a beautiful F one fifty four wheel drive, four door. Got the kids so far back, I can't even reach them, which is good. And, uh, <laughs> but you, you can always pull uh, over. You can always pull over and go back there because that's what my dad always said. <laughs> oh, I, you know, that's definitely a threat that happens occasionally, but. Uh, you know, we're just blessed to have that relationship with Marto Ford. Well, Blake Smith, thank you so much for being on the I Work For Him show. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on there. It was a blessing. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.